came back and it looked like you were coming from space. Coming from space. I'm like the blob. <laughs> you know oh shit. Are you are you recording already? I'm, it's it's going. All right. We'll let John Everybody, welcome back. This is Tara and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And um, we're zooming. We, <laughs> we are always always zooming, man. We're always zooming. Like it doesn't stop. Yeah. You, you know what else we're doing now? We're YouTubing. Yeah, we are YouTubing. That's a great point. The you created the YouTube channel. We have our first thing up there. Yeah. Re- reading a story I wrote, terrifying your sisters apparently, which I like. Apparently, apparently <laughs> she was terrified. Oh, what happened? Did you go? Wait. Hold on. There we are. Woo! We'll let John figure this out. He'll fix it in post. Yeah, he'll fix it in post. Here we go. I'm I'm pouring my soda. Awesome. I am too. If my microphone will pick it up. I don't know. You know, I haven't I haven't tried connecting my fancy mic to my computer while we zoom because I don't know if that works because I'm I'm not as technologically advanced as some people. I, uh, I it seems to be working for me. I got it for school. I don't fuck. Who fucking knows? I don't who fucking know. knows. You're going to end up using it for fun. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah. How hard are you quarantining good? Like are you holding up? I like the beard. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm holding up. Um, you know, I think this is like day 21, man. <laughs> is it? What uh, is it? I considered, I considered putting on, remember that gray wig that Allison wore in Dracula? I considered putting it on. It's like, how long has it been? It's been Since seven been- years. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm All still like Howard Hughes with long nails and... I yeah I mean it's you know it goes in fits and starts there are sometimes like that ah, this is great and then sometimes I'm like it would be nice to see human beings outside yeah. on my computer you know yeah yeah it, and and like human beings that I want to be around like not right. your creepy neighbor or something like that although <laughs> my neighbors are not creepy Rob McCullum and Aaron Roberts are awesome <laughs> I mean my creepy neighbors like a few houses down right um, um it, it's uh yeah it's and i get you know see my student but even te- you know we talk teaching online it's weird everything's fucking weird yeah um the moment where you're like no this teaching is important and then you're like but is it is it though <laughs> like is it more important that the kids should just kind of like sit in quiet and contemplate mm-hmm. right now oh man i love that you're using your smurf glass use my smurf glass gift of tina from tina parker Fantastic. Um, you know, the, the thing, you know, when we get when we get back to being in person, or I don't know, I mean, when we get back to being in person, we're going to have to, like, hit the tacos hard. Yeah, I have. I mean, I know you've been cooking a ton still. I have. I've been, like, Baron Von Cookton on the <laughs> cooking festival day in Cooktown. Like, <laughs> I'm cooking and cooking and cooking. I did, like... Thanks make one curbside taco run which was was glorious oh where'd you go I, torchies was the only one around here doing it so, yeah um because i'm trying not to you know i don't know i'm trying not to go into place all that shit no, yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't try to to go into places and honestly like the tacos were great it was just exciting to have something other than the things in my house but the yeah. fucking queso was incredible and oh. it made me happy um, it's amazing how much I'm just like, I, 
I mean, I was, you know, used to eating queso three, four times a week. (laughs) Not happening now. So this is like one thing I've discovered that I eat a lot of chips. I eat a lot of potato chips. Like it is my snack of choice. And I bought like two bags of potato chips and they lasted maybe half a day. Like (laughs) I'm not lying. That's great. I was like, like, this is bad. This is bad. I I can't more Doritos like since I was 12 like that's the last time I ate. you know what I saw at the fiesta yesterday I had to go to the fiesta I saw old school taco flavored Dorito bags like from when we were kids like the original 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 Doritos I wanted to get some before the like classic red bag nacho nacho right the one you know the bags that now look like a can of Red Bull or something <laughs> <laughs> but like they don't have the same effect as Red Bull. What no, do it, they? I don't, I don't know. I know I can eat. I think that I can eat a whole bag in a sitting. And then they're like, a serving is a quarter of this. I'm like, who are you fucking kidding? <laughs> like a, a serving is like 15. It's like, you're not going <laughs> to eat 15. You're going to eat 75. Like that's how many you're going <laughs> to eat. And then you're going to go to the kitchen and you're going to open the other bag. The bag, yeah. And you're going to eat more. Because you're bored. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. So what do you think of the movies we decided to watch? Man, I actually think they were sort of the perfect quarantine remedy. Yeah. We did The Blob, 1958. 58. And then, oh my God, dude, Empire of the Ants. Empire of the Ants is the best thing ever. Ever. I like, I suggested these movies because, I mean, I will watch horror anytime. I don't care. But just being quarantined, you kind of want to go in a kind of different direction. direction. Yeah. You know? And so Ants is what, 77? I have it written down. It is like the golden age of the 70s. If you notice all the leisure suits. Oh my God. And the dude, just like (laughs) Joan Joan Collins' first lines, Joan Collins is in it, which makes it 70s. It's like, you're so good in the sack. It doesn't even matter. You're late for work. Like, whoa. I know. It's like, whoa. (laughs) And then she had, you know, her reveal when the first time they showed Joan Collins is like a fucking close up with all the soft light. Oh my God. And all the eye makeup that she's wearing to take a, to take a three hour tour on a tour. And I, I had text, I texted you last night. I, I honestly really didn't know her. I only know her from dynasty. Um, sure. And so, which I guess in dynasty, she's probably what? Well in, in her fifties or six. Yeah, I think she's like in her late fifties. By Dynasty. So this yeah. is sort of a younger, I mean, I think she's probably still in her 40s, but a younger, a, a very different Joan, like a Joan Collins. Yeah. Kind of I mean, she was, she is actually, you know, was classically trained uh, in England. She's British. She was a member of the RSC. And then at yeah. one point made a choice. <laughs> came, came to California in 1955, came to L.A., and started making all these like sweeping costume drama dramas. Like she's in The Virgin Queen with Betty Davis, and she's like in some you know th- those grand biblical epics. Sure. Um, because you know she's she's really, I mean she's a beautiful woman, but in yeah. the 50s, she was like gorgeous by fifty standards. 
And like, yeah, in the sort of classical, like Hollywood, Hollywood kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so let's start with The Blob. And I figured that we should like, we can kind of divide talking about these movies, like story, effects and acting. Acting, sure. And I have I actually have a very fancy quote that I found. to. Sort oh, okay. Of set up okay. The Blob. So start us off. Okay. Because we're still literary, even though we're... Yeah, we are. We so, are. Susan Sontag, who is a very famous essayist. And oh my gosh, I spit Coke Zero. That's, uh, so in 1965, she wrote an essay called The Imagination of Disaster. And she was talking specifically about atomic age sci-fi. Right. Sort of science fiction in general. Mm-hmm. She said, because she's a smart lady. Yeah. We live under continual threat of two equally fearful but seemingly opposed desires, unremitting banality and inconceivable terror. <laughs> the job of science fiction is to lift us out of the unbelievable, unconceivably humdrum by an escape into dangerous situations which have last minute happy endings. Wow. And that was sort of her take on 1950s specifically like atomic age sci-fi that had come before she wrote this sure and you know I, i'm gonna make an observation that, i mean there there are no people of color in either movie yeah and they are 20 years apart right there are no people of color and i didn't expect that from the blog but then when we were watching we were watching uh and I went down a hole because I also watched The Swarm. <laughs> Terrible. But we also noticed like, oh, and The Swarm is a little bit later in the 80s. There are no people of color either. And they're all kind of like this ideal. Right. You know, ideal town, yep. ideal situation, ideal kind of like suburban life. Yeah. And, and that's terrorized. Right. And and I, I have something similar written down, like, especially in The Blob, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. You know, you know the doctor in town. You know the cop in town. Even your, like, drag racing rivals are still kind of... They're still friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so it's got... Um, takes place the blob if you've never seen it the one from 58 yeah. it takes place in a small town it opens with uh, Steve McQueen Dude. as Steve Dude. and it's like he's 28 I, he's supposed to be playing 18 I texted you about this yeah. so he's he, supposed to be playing 18 he's 28 in real life there's no world no and I I wrote, okay, so Steve, I mean, he's fucking Steve McQueen. He's Steve right? McQueen. So he is, he's Steve McQueen. That's all I have to say about it. But 28-year-old Steve McQueen already looks like, I think you said this, like he'd seen every boob in Hollywood. Yeah, and more. And more. Like, like he, I felt like that guy does not behave at all. Like he's never been laid. Right, exactly. And he already looks, I don't, I mean, he looks older than what you would picture even a... He looks 48. Exactly. And still incredibly, he's fucking Steve McQueen, but he looks like a grown-ass man. 
Right. Like just his demeanor and the way he moves through the movie. The guy had already been in the military. I know. Like (laughs) he came out of the womb, not a virgin. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it was just so weird to see him kind of like try to behave like, oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I touched your boob or whatever. Like, dude, Steve McQueen has been fucking married women for the last 15 years. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was 10. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, anyway. So, so they're in the car. They're making out. Yeah. We see this, like, uh, they hear some kind of explosion. But first, wait, first do we see the farmer? Uh. The kind of farmer guy, or maybe he's not a farmer. Maybe he's just like a. He's a farmer type. Uh huh. And but then we, the when we do, we start really in the car, right? Because I think so. They hear the explosion or whatever, and then we see what happened, which is that some meteor, something from outer space, yeah, falls, hits the ground, and this hermit farmer type comes out to every small town has a hermit farmer (laughs) Uh, goes out and pokes it with a stick. Mm -hmm. And like you do when something from outer space falls, like why do people do that? If something is like pulsing and looks hot and on fire, don't poke it with a stick. The stick's not going to save you. It's not going to save you. And of course, it cracks open mm. and this like creamy blobby center yeah. comes out. Um, and it attacks the farmer, attaches itself to his hand. Right. In the meantime, Steve McQueen and his girlfriend, Mary, I, I think her name is, Mary. I'm just gonna call her Mary because it sounds like a super it's 50s. Basically it's Mary or Sally. I mean, those are the only Something. two. <laughs> yeah. Um, they decide to go get a malted or something. Yeah. And, they're driving down the road and the old hermit man comes running out of the forest and he's like, help me, help me. And uh, they see that he's got like this thing on his hand. They take him to the doctor and then that's when all hell breaks, breaks loose. And they know the doctor, you know, everybody knows yeah. everyone. So they're like, doc, this guy, something's wrong with him. Um, yeah. And then the blob essentially starts to expand and. And attack everybody. Everybody and everything. Right. It's moved through the town, goes to the movie theater. Like, apparently it knows where to go. Exactly. And the movie theater scene's actually sort of classic. That's Yeah. I remember that from a a kid, uh, being a kid and remembering that, just having seen that scene. That's the classic scene that where it's like everybody's like running out of the the movie theater. So, so what did, well, okay, what, what else? Did, did, what did you think of the effects or what? What were you going to say? So I was going to say a couple things that, I mean, it's hilarious in its perfect sort of 1950s way. I also love the idea that there was a director or either the director or probably a producer who was like, yeah, we're going to make a, a B sci-fi picture, but I want a little element of Rebel Without a Cause in there. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. You have the, the, like, rival drag racer, and Steve Mm -hmm. McQueen is clearly, like, somewhat of a James Dean figure. So it's, like, that element mixed with just this ridiculous... But he's got got a heart of gold. 
Of course he does. Just like James Dean. He's yeah. got a heart of gold. Like he tries it with, with Mary. Yeah. Mary puts the kibosh on the making out. Uh-huh. And he says, let me take you to town and I'll buy you an ice cream and I'll apologize. We'll make up for it. We'll make up for it. It also has the swingingest opening. Theme. Oh my <laughs> God. I was going to bring that up. It's like real kind of bossa nova, isn't it? Am I wrong? No, you're Beware not. of the blob, it creeps and leaps. Do, 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 do. And I was like, oh my God. So were the kids dancing to this like in 58 and 59? Like, Maybe they the did. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like how... Who 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 had that idea? Oh no! Like who said this is going to be real swinging? I, it's so it's so weird, and like I know I, I think of it in terms of my parents. So like in '58, my dad would have been 12, and my mm-hmm. mom would have been I think nine. And I'm like, this is the shit that was going on at the theater when my parents were kids. It's so weird. Like, I, it's, uh, yeah, I can't get over this, like, my well, dad paying a nickel to see the blob or some shit. <laughs> we also, well, a nickel to see the blob and buy a hamburger. Right, right, right. And get a newsreel. <laughs> These are the days of, you know, William Castle. Yes. Who was, you know, a huge... Uh, producer, movie theater owner, and then became a producer. But William Castle is very famous for, uh, you know, creating The Tingler. Like there was one of those 50s movies called The Tingler. I don't even know what it's about because I've never actually seen The Tingler. I should. But he had this whole gimmick thing where you would go to the theater and whatever the monster was in the movie or whatever the thing that was supposed to scare you in the movie happened in the theater. So there was, for the tingler, it was a monster that tingled. I don't know. I don't know what he did. But the, the seats were set up with wires so that every time the monster came out, <laughs> the seats would, would, like, electrify you, I guess. I... Honest, I kind of think that's brilliant. I think it is too. And so I feel like perhaps, I don't know, perhaps, you know, some producer, the producer of The Blob was like, this will get the kids in. It's yeah. really movie soundtrack. And I have a kid who has a band or something. Right, we're going to write a, a swinging tune. But yeah, I was thinking about like the Tingler. Like it is in some ways way ahead of its time. I mean, he's, he's actually like experimenting with immersive mm-hmm. um, or interactive or immersive entertainment events. Yeah. Which now and is it worked. All the it fun- worked. Yeah. It didn't work all the time, but, but it did work to get a certain demographic in- into the theater, which were the kids, which was, was great. Like he made money and it was successful for a little bit. And then William Castle, I, you know, it was his claim to fame and also his downfall because then people would not take him seriously. When either. he's trying to make like a legitimate... Right, because right. William Castle actually tried to... He wanted to direct Rosemary's Baby. Oh, man. He, he had read the book and he loved it and he took it to so many producers and they were like, you're William Castle. Yeah, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Shame and it, Yeah, it wasn't until he took it to Robert Evans... Um, because at that time, Robert Evans was like the wonder kid. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood. And then 
Robert Evans said, we're going to do it, but you can't direct it. Can't direct it. Damn. We're going to get Polanski to do it. But William Castle does make an appearance in the movie, Rosemary's Baby. I did not know and that. He, he was a producer. That's, okay. it's that, that, that scene where Mia Farrow is on the phone in the phone booth. Oh, is the he guy comes right? in, That's William Castle. I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm a font of useless knowledge. That's great. Hey, that is useful. And <laughs> probably for the best that, I mean, the movie's yeah. perfect, so it works yeah. out. But, yeah. Um, okay, so that's, I mean, the blob is the fucking blob. Yeah, but what did you think of the effects? Because, like, there were moments where I was like, oh, that works. I'm going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hot take, Christy. Okay. I, I think the blob effects in 1958 are far fucking superior to the um, Empire of the Ants effects how, in 1977. How did those get approved? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I have never, and I know you and I talk about this a lot. We're like, when our kids will bitch, our students will bitch about, you know, old movies and special effects. We're like, look, you got to let that go. You do not have to fucking let this go. No, you do not have to let this go. This was 1977. This wasn't right. 1948. Right. There was technology. I watched the, I watched Empire of the Ants with Isa. She came over. This we is stayed away from each other. This is a space odyssey, Christy. <laughs> oh, my God. By several years. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So There's no excuse. No I, don't excuse. Care, I don't care if it's made for TV. It doesn't. But, like, you could tell. You could. It was so, like. Those are two different screens. <laughs> Isak kept saying, oh my God, they are crawling on the wall of their aquarium. Like you can tell that's what they're doing. And the shift when they would go from like, okay, so if you don't know very quickly, Empire of the Ants, toxic waste gets thrown into the ocean. Oh no, not toxic waste. Not toxic waste. It infects the ants. They get giant. They attack people. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Joan so, Collins plays a, a a real estate agent with no scruples, trying right. to sell shitty beachfront property, property in Florida, and then takes a group out there. So when the ants attack, when ants attack, when ants um, attack, they cut between. So if it's a sort of a long shot. You have this, I feel bad even saying wide or long, like these aren't real shots, but no. um, you have sort of these like giant filmed ants. Kind of. <laughs> kind, I don't even know. But then when it goes to a close up, you have these sort of animatronic. Yeah, like it's an ant costume. I have a theory. I think that they only had one ant costume. They only had one. And it was like, on some day, like, they went up to the PA and they were like, hey, man, I know this is above your pay grade. You got to sign the up for this, but we need you to put the ant costume on and be the ant today. And, ah. and the PA's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, you got to do it. And, and I did not show up. It is, I don't know that I've ever laughed so much at special effects. Oh, but it's you know, but... I, it, I know because like the cutting between the special effects. Oh my God. The, the, and, and it was like, somebody said, it was like me, the editor went, I can't, I can't, there's I nothing. Can't, I, there's nothing I can do. I also I'm, love ant vision. Oh yes. 
Oh my God, I'm so happy that you said Ant Vision because that's what I would, every time we got to Ant Vision, I would go, Ant Vision! Ant Vision! Ant Vision is like essentially a series of drawn circles across <laughs> the screen. Yeah, where they're watching everything happen. It was so funny because there was so much drama happening like between the characters and I was trying to figure out why do the ants care like the the because the ant vision always seemed to come up when there was something like oh happened between characters and I'm before like before we attack we're gonna watch this relationship watch this crazy scene yeah uh, that scene was crazy dude yeah. the, the 70s are fucking weird man I know and it's it's uh, okay, so it's 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 well, it's not star studded. It's not star studded like the swarm, uh, but there's like there's like TV people. Yeah, so you like have TV no, people of the time. John Collins, and then you pointed out I didn't realize that that was Jack Palance's daughter. Brooke Palance is in it, you know, and she's like one of the hot ladies of the city. Lovely. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, and, it doesn't so even other, matter. Yeah, some <laughs> other people. I can't remember who yeah. they are. And they all have those, like, very, like, just, like, we're going to give one line to each of them to explain exactly who they are. Right. They're like, yeah, the bottle did this or whatever. And we're going to color coordinate their leisure suits. Yes. So that we know who belongs we know to who, who. Yeah, exactly. If like I had a old, yellow old suit, people. you would wear a yellow scarf. All right. the old people... The old people who wore, came matching, like they wore green. And I'm, I, I have a question. Yeah. Why did the, okay. So once the old people ran away from their, from the party, uh -huh. right, because they were already running away from the giant ants. Right. Um, after a lot of standing and watching the ants. Yeah. Ah, and then let's run away from the ants. I don't understand why the old people suddenly said, let's go this way. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in a film. I know. <laughs> I was like, that it was so dumb. I kept asking, I kept going, why did they run away? Like, what? did they think they had a shortcut? Like, right. Like did how, why did they run in, in another direction? And then even funnier, well, it was stupid, but then, then what was hilarious was that they're in that little hut. They find the little hut in the forest and they're crouched. And then, you, they don't hear the ant noise anymore. Right. Which apparently sounds like a big wheel. Yes. Yeah, you um, can take them for big wheels. Right. <laughs> so they're like, oh, they're gone. And then they walk out of the hut and they're surrounded. Like you can tell it's a matte frame. Yes. Like in a poor matte frame at that. I mean, it's like, so matte frames, you guys, I'm just going to explain it. For those of you that don't know, like early, 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 film technology and it was done beautifully in the 40s with, on big sweeping I mean there's a lot of it in Gone with the Wind there's yeah. a lot of it in commandments where a, a matte frame is like where you're only really seeing the film portion is a very small portion of the picture you're watching and everything around it which can be like mountains or 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 landscape or a house or whatever is a painted is a, is a, is a yeah. painted picture and the technology was such that it they could be perfectly matched and it looks beautiful you would never yeah. be able to tell uh this is not that this is the opposite of that 
It's just the opposite of that. Like, again, the PA who played the aunt also right. like, kid, can you uh, just like paint us a background? <laughs> paint us a background of ants. Yeah. And then they're surrounded by these giant ants. And we don't see the ants attack them. They're just kind of standing there surrounded by ants. ants and then yeah. we never see the old people again. ever again. It's um, it's just unbelievably. I also, I also want to point out that that's what they're called. Like, they don't have names. They're not important no. enough to no. have names. No, they're, they're always the old people. Couple. Yeah, the old people are the old couple. Um, we find out, so this is one of my favorite things too, <laughs> I'm sorry, about these types of movies, the blob and, and even in, even more so in, uh, in Empire of the Ants, the like, we have to work in real science to explain this to people. Right. So seeing like what filmmakers thought the average person did and didn't know like, it's kind of like showing how the telephone works in Black Christmas. Right. But in this, we get the most bizarre and incorrect lecture about pheromones. Before. Before. The Before the movie starts. starts. <laughs> yes. It, it just felt like they, they shot the movie and then it was like, oh, but how's the audience going to know? <laughs> we'll put in like a mini ant documentary at the beginning out for no reason and then kind of explain pheromones really wrong really wrong <laughs> really wrong my like, god <laughs> the other thing about this movie is i really really loved how apparently they they had just put out the toxic waste that morning oh my god <laughs> and by the afternoon the ants were already running the sugar refinery i mean they <laughs> <laughs> what did you t- First you get the sugar, then you get the I'm sorry. <laughs> I texted you, first you get the sugar, then you get the power, <laughs> then you get the ant women. <laughs> yeah, they've got like, full fucking Scarface. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they were fast. Like yeah. they, ate, they ate some of the, the toxic waste, then they grew to massive proportions, uh-huh. and then they knew enough to go take over the, the sugar, sugar refinery. Yeah, and they're controlling, the queen is controlling the town folk via right. pheromones or whatever. Right. Which is why we get the documentary about the aphids. Yeah. Um, because they're trying to tell us that this is possible instead yeah. of just trusting that we'll go along. I'm, yeah. already, I'm already at a movie about giant ants. I'm going to believe whatever you I mean, tell. fucking tell me. One of the saddest things is this movie is, is very loosely based on an H.G. Wells story. That's what I was like, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's like... And, well, so y'all took that title. All right. Right. The title is like H.G. Wells, Empire of the Ants. And I'm like, is it though? That man is rolling over in his fucking... I know. I know. I do love the scene where they're all standing in line waiting to get sprayed with the queen, the queen's pheromones. Oh, my God. Nobody does it. There's like an awful lot of standing around and not doing anything. They're just kind of like shoved. And then they just acquiesce super fast. It's like... No, don't put me in the booth with the pheromones. Okay, I'm just... I'm good. I'm here. I'm done. I, yeah, the, the the pacing of that movie is, I mean, utterly insane. It just makes no 
It's like, why are they eating sandwiches for nine fucking minutes? I don't know. They eat sandwiches for nine minutes. They get on the little tram. They travel 20 feet and stop to eat more sandwiches. How hungry are you? Like, what? Like, you don't have money for this beachfront property. How are you feeding all these people these sandwiches? And then, you know, that other couple, the couple that doesn't make it. Yeah. They're the blue leisure suit coordinated couple yes, yes. that gets off the tram and the husband's like, I don't trust these people. I don't trust this lady. And yeah. they're the first ones to get attacked by the ants. Uh-huh. And then everybody else just gets on the tram. Yeah, they're like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute, where are the, the, the Smiths or whatever? Yeah. And they're, they're like, oh, they must have gotten off. And he's like, I knew she was a liar. And I'm like, wait, where did this come from? Yeah, there's, it's. Uh, okay. And they just keep going. They just leave them no, behind. Let's leave these okay. two fucking people behind. Why, more sandwiches for us. Right. Um, so, go ahead. Okay. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Great. Because, I mean, the 1958 The Blob, <clears throat> the act, I mean, it's a B movie. Like, oh, there yeah. is no question. There's no question. This is what it is. They know this is what they're making. So the acting all around is not the best. It's B movie acting. It's a B movie script. We know right. what we're getting. Right. Um, Steve McQueen. Yeah. He's clearly doing something else. Absolutely. In this movie. Like, of all of the people in this movie, you watch him and you go, oh, he doesn't belong. No. And so I, so I read up on McQueen. I mean, I know obviously McQueen just from being a goddamn legend. Right. But I did not know. So he studied with Uta Hagen and Stella Adler. Oh my God. At the Meisner Playhouse. So he went, he was in the military because I don't know, I guess that's like what you fucking did back then. Yeah. Um, And on the GI Bill, when he got out, he put that towards studying at the Meisner Playhouse. And so he worked with Hagen, I think Hagen there, and then Adler, wherever she was at the time. And I was like, oh, this dude is was a serious fucking yeah. theater actor who happens to look like Steve McQueen. So like, you gotta go to Hollywood. You gotta go to Hollywood. Yeah, he is yeah. in a different fucking movie. Yeah, like, I mean, from Jump, from the yeah. beginning of the movie when they're in the car and he tries it on with Mary, and the the actress who plays Mary goes on to be, uh, I think, Andy Griffith's girlfriend on the Andy Griffith show. Oh, okay. I can't remember her name. She has a strange name. But she was a television actress throughout the 60s and stuff like that. She's fine. Sure. She's fine. But you watch him amidst everybody else, and you're you're like, I understand why he's he was a star. Yeah, and he does have these, <laughs> like, even, because you had brought up just like, that he was so much better. And then I read about him and then watching it, like you really do see these, this is going to sound stupid and pretentious and actory, but like actually in the moment shit, like you, right. this, I believe Steve is discovering this thing for the first time and right. finding right. the words to use. Whereas everyone else is just like, well, you know, when Jimmy stops you for speed and you got it, it's like, <laughs> wait, what the fuck movie are you in? Yeah, that's exactly the scene I was thinking about where yeah. they get stopped by the cops and he's really trying to get out of it. Yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was interesting to watch. Really sort of nice acting moment. Um, and it's, well, maybe not the same thing, but kind of similar is like when we would talk about Kevin Bacon in Friday the 13th. Right. 
there's this like this movie is garbage. We've said it. I don't care anymore. I don't care. <clears throat> These actors are mostly garbage. Right. They're like, but that guy mm-hmm. is clearly the real deal. Right. Um, this just happens to be like this was McQueen's first lead in a movie. Right. I'm sure right. Friday the Thirteenth had to be. It was Kevin Bacon's first movie. And it's like, we say it's garbage. It is garbage, y'all. Friday the 13th. I'm still going to watch it. That doesn't. And it's still important and all that, but yeah. Right. Which is the same thing with the blob. Mm -hmm. Like, you should should watch the blob. Yeah. I mean, I think the blob, um, I think if you have uh, enough drugs, you should watch Empire of the Ants. Absolutely. Um, But if you don't, regardless of your drug use, <laughs> I think you should watch it. The Blob to me is like actually a really nice um, encapsulation of that genre of that time. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I, the ending of it is a little kind of like, oh, so that's just <laughs> okay. Yeah. They, they all end up at the diner. Yeah, because it's the fifties, man. The fifties, and that's where you end up. That's where you end up. And then they leave the diner, and then it's kind of like. Let's freeze it. Okay, the end. The end. Yeah, great guys. See you at the rap party. <laughs> um, See you at the rap party. But uh, it is this nice, like, yeah, B movie. But it is the introduction of McQueen, which is important in Hollywood right. pop culture. But it is that, like, sort of lovely kind of. I think what Sontag was talking about. This, it is based in this fear of something coming from beyond, right? That right. was huge during the atomic age. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, I mean, we're talking about post-World War II and nobody, I mean, the United States, because we're dicks, would, had dropped the bomb. Yeah. And, and nobody knew the effects of, of what atomic waste yeah. could do. And it's part of the reason that Japan had Godzilla and Mothra yeah. and, and all of those movies because nobody knew what, what the effects were going to be on the wildlife and, and, and certainly real-life mutations and real-life complications happen from the atomic bomb. And so, of course, horror movies take that a step further and yeah. go, this is what we're doing. So it's a way to sort of deal with that. and then. In, in in sort of B-movie fashion, again, like she said in the essay, um, the, the the quick happy ending comes, you know, so right. we're, we're okay. We get out of our, we get to go back to our banal right. daily life at the diner. Right. It, and it's funny, like, I, I think Empire of the Ants, for all its fucking ridiculous stupidity, in the 70s when you're starting to have legitimate environmental concerns right so we go from being afraid of the nuclear bomb or aliens or whatever the fuck space in general in the 50s um to the fear of like what we're doing to our own planet right so empire of the ants stems from illegally dumping toxins right right because people at i mean at that point big business right because america um there was a problem. There was a problem with like, let's just put these barrels of waste on a truck and send it to wherever and just store it there without any kind of like, uh, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. Right. Period. 
And if we are, we should probably be putting it in a concrete block that nobody, you know. Um, And so, of course, movies take it a little bit further. further. It's also like important to say that like the 70s were also the era of the decade of the made for TV, which is something that you and I already talked about. Um, And there were so many made for TV kind of horror movies. And there are some from the 70s that are really, really great that are not sci-fi. Right. Uh, there are some really good ones, like uh, th- there's a, a ghosty one called The Other. Yeah, which you've talked um, about. Yeah. And there's another one called, uh, well, Del Toro made a, did the remake of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, which is not super successful, but the 70s one kind of is. Yeah. And that was um, funny when Aspen and I saw the preview for the Del Toro one. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. We just remembered being freaked out, but not even necessarily remembering what it was actually about. Because, you know, she and I were, I think, probably real, real young when right. that came out. Right. Um, um, but I, remember, I must have been like nine or ten or something. Yeah, I, so I think I was like probably four or some three or four. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> But I remember those being sort of the first moments of being kind of scared of something. Right. Um, which right. was cool. And then you have Empire of the Ants. Ants. So, okay, talking about like being afraid of nuclear winter or atomic warfare in the 50s and and then sort of toxic waste in the 70s. I think I've used this, I might have used this, I think we might have used this analogy before. But you know how in Devil Wears Prada, when she explains how the shirt that what's her name is wearing is I love that monologue it's a great monologue and why why it's the color it is right and that it's sort of trickled down from designers to fashion shows and and all of that stuff to where you end up wearing cerulean or whatever right know why you think that you chose that and you're telling the world that you don't care about fashion when that color was chosen for you for you so yeah in my mind Empire of the Ants, <laughs> I'm, this is a weird analogy, but I think it works, is the end of that trail. So like somewhere in the 70s, there's a really good horror movie or sci-fi movie dealing with the actual effects of what we're doing to our own environment. Right. And that trickles down and trickles down. And then the TV movie ver- bullshit version of that. Right. Empire of the Ants. Does that make sense? I- Absolutely agree. I absolutely agree with you. And I I don't know. Now I'm going to go look for what that movie is. But right. there's so many. There's so many great films. And I mean, I've you've heard me say this before. I love classic Hollywood. I love the 40s, 30s, and 40s. I, I love it. It's fantastic. But the, the the 70s, so many amazing films came out of yeah. the 70s. And I mean, it's one of the greatest eras for film. Film, and I think in in terms of people, for uh, people, are you yours? You're my uh, Gen X. Uh, huh? Most of the directors who themselves are you know baby boomers or whatever, but most of the directors that had a huge influence on our lives, sort of pop culture wise, and then even sort of things that we wanted to do, film or writing or theater wise, those guys are all all came. Uh, most of them all came of age in the 70s. Right, um, right. Uh, Scorsese, Spielberg, Coppola. Um, Lansky. All of, yeah, all of them. Um, and uh, 
you know, I, I'm reminded of a movie, The China Syndrome. Yeah, great movie. I don't, I don't quite remember what year it came out, but I, I'm going to go. F- I'm going to go find the the haute couture empire of ants and, and bring it. <laughs> right. As opposed to the pan burger partner. The pan burger partner, find the which is partner. empire of the ants. Um, but you know, one thing because we were talking about acting, so like the blob is one style of acting. Like one thing that I do have to give to the empire of the ants is that it was like fast moving. Uh-huh. I mean, the pacing was, they were in it to win it. Yeah. Everybody was in it to win yeah. it. The, and especially at least the acting, like the lines are moving. Right. There are weird it scenes. Made, that it, made, it didn't make it good. No, 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 not at all. No, they were fully committed. I felt like the guy who played the like boat captain or whatever. Robert Lansing. I felt like he was doing some shit. I do too. But Robert Lansing is also one of those old school actors who did a lot of like Westerns. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then he went on to do like a lot of cop films. Okay. Cause that makes sense because I feel he was like, I know this movie's bullshit, but God damn it. I'm going to deliver these fucking lines. I'm going to deliver these <laughs> fucking lines. I'm going to wear an earring yeah. to show that I'm a rebel. I'm a, I'm a cool cat. <laughs> cool cat. That just wants to sail the seven seas. <laughs> but doesn't oh have money to buy land. <laughs> that, and so the ending of Empire of the Ants is kind of similar yeah. to the blob in that they just jump on a boat yeah. and they take off. I'm like, so we're not going to deal with this like... <laughs> with the sugar refinery? The sugar refinery or the fact that there might be other giant ants out there? I have no idea. Also, I just, I wanted to know like, why is there a giant gasoline truck right at the sugar refinery yeah also why does yeah this also the, why does this tiny town have a sugar refinery i don't know what the fuck the economy of this little city is <laughs> they didn't tell that's what they should have told us they should have told us at the beginning here's how like, sugar works suddenly, it's like i thought we were going to an island that had no people on it Right. And then it's like, oh, there's this town and this all these businesses and this refinery. Yeah. It was it was insane. I think that people need okay, you texted me greatest quarantine movie ever. Indeed. Can, tell me why. Uh it so I watched it last night. Um and it was I think one of the at least for the last few weeks, the perfect distraction that I needed. Um, at the same time, uh, I didn't have to totally focus on it. Right. I'll just admit freely. And I don't know, I don't know the psychology of this. I'm not smart enough, but, um, I'm, my attention span is not that great right now. Right. Um, even when I write, cause I still have to write some things that I've been hired to write. Uh, I can only write in sort of short bursts. Yeah. It was never the case for me, um, before. So I don't know. Um, so this to me was perfect because it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. The effects, I mean, the effects were legitimately <laughs> sitting by myself laughing on the couch bad, but I didn't have to, it was so easy to follow. And it, and it was just like this lovely 90 minute respite of, of absurdity. Yeah. Um, and it was funny. It got me thinking today to me, like, I was like, so 
what what will the horror sci-fi movies be years from now that come out of this time mm-hmm. of dealing with the virus or whatever? It's like, we already have virus movies and zombie movies. I'm sure someone will come up with something where like, if you touch another human, you die or something. But in my mind, like, and I think you even brought this up earlier, my desire is to just go the other way, right? And is to just like, let's lean into the ridiculous. Let's lean into the fun and sort of entertainment for entertainment. I, I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, it was, it was, I found it very, I don't know if the word relaxing is accurate, but it was, it was just kind of like a letting go of stress and being able to enjoy the genre that I love so much uh-huh. and, and laugh. Isa, and I, mean, laugh. I, I said, I was watching it with Isa and Isa was like, if only, she goes, if only we were dealing with giant ants. <laughs> right. for that. We, we could just blow up the sugar factory. We could just blow up the sugar factory. We know what to do. <laughs> what to do. Um, And so, yeah, it was, which then, you know, led me down this hole and and I watched The Swarm, Erwin Allen's The Swarm, which is terrible. (laughs) Uh, But also one of those things where it was laugh out loud funny. It was just funny. Um, That's great. And to me, there is part of it. um, Don't you think somehow, like if you took, say, things like The Swarm and Empire of the Ants, um... And Godzilla, and I think those monster movies. Right. Like, somehow that gets us to things like Jurassic Park, right? Oh, I absolutely think so. And I think, you know, that's why I have to find it. We have to find it because, you know, these movies still exist, and they exist in Sharknado. Right, They exist in Shark Exorcist, Five-Headed Shark. Uh Uh-huh. Velocipaster, which we have to to watch it. Got to do that Um, at some point. So clearly, I mean, clearly, we as as a as a culture, we have this need for absurdity. Yes, like we have. You know, last night we just started going through like, okay, what are the other things? You know, when you go to customers, always watch or also okay. watch. Um, and there was one movie called uh, I don't know, Shark Something versus Crocosaurus. And this is like, this is like contemporary. This is in the early aughts, you know, and it's ridiculous. It's the same kind of, um, you know, visual effects that say we would see in where clearly it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have a, I had a professor in grad school, um, who was a brilliant fucking writer, like short story novelist, just fucking brilliant guy. This dude made his money writing shit like Birdemic for the sci-fi channel. Hey man. And I was like, I want this. And I'm not, could never write the short stories that this dude wrote, but I was like, this guy fucking figured it out, man. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to work on my novel for nine fucking years and I'm going to get paid. And in the meantime, like Birdemic or whatever. Dude, because I, I feel like we do, we do need it. Like as, as a, things are scary, man. Yeah. Things, it, they, are, things are scary right now. And, and uh, you need an outlet. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, obviously everybody deals with the situation in different ways. I think 
and obviously you and I are in, in a better situations than a lot of people. So I, I don't want to, you know, under right. that. I know uh, other people are dealing with a lot more shit than we, than we are, but it is fucking scary. And I think you and I, we, you know, we still text all the time. And um, I feel like you and I and other, some other people we know are okay, are willing to, to admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and willing to, to say that um, it's not fucking business as usual. And maybe all these things that we thought we were going to get to do or that we thought were incredibly important, maybe they aren't right, right. now. And so that's fucked up too. And um, this, at least for me, provides an escape. And at the same time, I'm still able to come back and 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 say like, no, this is still a very fucked up situation. But at least for 90 minutes, I got to to laugh and you know have a good time. Right, right. I, I'm I'm going to continue. I think I'm, I am going to watch like Mega Shark watches Croc. I mean, versus Crocodiles. Fantastic. Uh, and see what happens there. The other thing that I did watch because Oldman um, is I found a, a movie on Netflix called Mary. Okay, I've never heard. I have never heard of this. Is this? I had just I just came across it, and I have to tell you, I was very excited. It's it's witches on a boat. So like already, yeah, I like it. And it's like it's that thing that you always talk about where you have to find a way to justify the reason why you can't use your cell phone. Okay, so it's, this is modern modern times. It's modern times. Okay. Uh, and Oldman plays a, a ship, uh, like a captain of a, of a, you know, tourist vessel. Okay. He decides, I'm going to buy this, this boat that is calling to me. <laughs> um, and he takes his family on it and things go south. It doesn't completely succeed. Okay. It doesn't completely succeed, but it has moments of, of being creepy. Cool. Um, Jennifer Esposito's in it, whom I love. Is this new? It's 2019. And uh, I know. This. Apparently, Oldman uh, replaced Cage. Nicholas Cage was going to be in it. Okay. Because I was like, how did... How did this movie get Gary Oldman? <laughs> right, right. You know, and it's like you watch it and you go, I bet they had Gary Oldman for like maybe a week. A week. And they just not, they got, yeah. Yeah. And they knocked it out or something. Or he, I got, mean, he got to travel somewhere he wanted to go or something. Right, right. Or maybe help out a friend because like the, the, the DP of the movie also directed it. I can't remember his name. I'm terrible. Uh, Goy, Michael Goy. I think okay. is his name. And he's a DP on lots of, like he's a, one of the DPs on American Horror Story and some other horror movies. And uh, I think this is like one of his first four days into directing. And so like the movie is, is visually beautiful. Like, and there are lots of effects, scary effects that absolutely work. But the storytelling isn't... Isn't there? Isn't there. Okay. Uh, so, but it's Oldman. But it's Oldman. So yeah, it's it's well acted and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'll check it out, and I'm I'm gonna you know I'm keep just trying to find stuff to entertain or I don't know perhaps terrify me. We'll see. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna find I'm gonna find the haute couture. I want to know it. 
version. Of, I, and now I want to watch Jurassic Park. Now I'm going to go watch Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, I think, I mean, and God, man, that, I, that that's like, whatever. Anyone can make fun of me. I don't give a shit. I fucking loved that movie when I was, I still love it. But like, first time I saw it, it fucking blew me away. Jurassic Park? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, it was. Absolutely. It was like, and seeing that in the theater, fucking A, man. It was badass. With a, a, a full theater. Yeah. Because you remember how that movie sold. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, out. back when you had to like wait in a line around the fucking building. Right. You couldn't right. buy the tickets online. You couldn't buy tickets online. You had to go stand in line to get right. it. Just like Star Wars. Those yeah. of you who are like big Star Wars fans now, you don't know. You don't fucking know. Um, well, cool. So we'll figure out something to talk about next week. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, it's good to see you, man, even if it's virtual. Good to see you, too. And, hey, maybe we'll figure out how to do a virtual video for the YouTube channels. Maybe I'll cook something for you and leave it on your porch. Oh, shit. What? That would be amazing. Um, right. And I'll eat it and film it, and that'll be a YouTube. <laughs> that'll be fantastic. Oh. All right. All right. Tell everyone I'll I love you. See you later, Mike. Yeah. Bye. Bye.